You are listening to the Nurturing Birth Doula Podcast, where we aim to dispel the myths, debunk the stories, and help people better understand the role of the doula in the 21st century. I am your host, Sophie Brigstock, owner of Nurturing Birth and course facilitator, and I invite you to grab a cuppa, pop on your headphones, and listen in as I chat to doulas, birth keepers, and nurturing birth friends about all things perinatal. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Nurturing Birth Doula podcast. I am really, really thrilled to have the lovely Melanie Dunn with me today. And Melanie is someone who trained with us a couple of years ago um, at the start of the pandemic, I think it was, um, and has been on quite the journey since then. So welcome, Melanie. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. <laughs> so before we dive in and talk all things doulering, just just give us all a little bit of a background. Like where are you based? Tell us a little bit about what brought you into doulering and, and what's been happening for you in the last couple of years. Yeah, so I have five children. I had my youngest last year, kind of not fully mid-pandemic, but things were still a little bit crazy. Yeah. Um, obviously, like you said, I did the training with you right at the very start. I think we were the first virtual um, yeah. group, yeah. Um, which was lovely. It was <laughs> it was so nice. It felt it was so strange thinking you would be able to connect with people online. And it, it was just it was so lovely. I'm still in contact with quite a few of those Amazing. wonderful ladies. <laughs> um, but yeah, becoming a doula was just something that I wanted to do for so so many years mm. and kept putting off because I had children and I didn't think I could do it while I had children and I didn't think I had anything that I could offer to anybody else you know what just because I've had children doesn't mean I'm any use to anybody yeah. and then I decided nope I'm going to stop listening to that annoying voice in my head <laughs> and I'm going to do what I want to do and what I know I already am like training to be a doula. It didn't make me a doula. I was already a doula. Yes. Thank you for saying that. I, love I that. absolutely was. <laughs> friends who I'd helped before I did my training were like, oh, you've always been a doula. So when people ask me how long I've been a doula, it's well, officially I set up two years ago, mm. but I've been a doula for many, many, many years. Yeah. I think it's just innately in you. It's just who you are. Oh, I'm, you yeah the, your words are, are you know I, I feel like that's what I say at the beginning of every single course you know that you can't train somebody to be a doula you can help people recognize the doula that's inside them really yeah you definitely yeah. did you let my doula out oh I love that <laughs> what about letting doulas out yeah. um whereabouts are you based so I am based in Leeds I cover most of Yorkshire obviously it's a lovely part of the country to work in I'm either yeah mid-city in big apartments or I'm driving through the countryside and hoping cars don't come in the opposite direction to smash my wing mirror. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you've been kind of in that perinatal world before you kind of yeah. stepped in and took the course. You were doing various sort of yes. around. So I, um, it mainly started after the birth of my five-year-old. I had independent midwives for his birth mm. and it opened my eyes to a lot of the way things could be, mm. not the way things you think things should be, the way things could be, yeah. differences. Um, and thanks to that, one of my lovely friends who was the independent midwife who became a very close friend, she passed on the torch of running a local community birth pool hire scheme. Okay. So I provide pools for 
next to no cost yeah. um, to anybody who needs them in the local community. Just, just so that home water birth is accessible to yeah. everybody. Every every person should be allowed to have the birth they want, and it shouldn't be down to whether or not they can afford a couple of hundred pounds to buy or hire a pool. Yeah, absolutely. What an amazing thing to offer because. Um, you know, having access to that, whether whether you use it for for actually birthing your baby or for for comfort during labour or even in the run up, I think a lot of people don't realise. Uh, I always tell people, get in the pool when you're yeah. pregnant. It is yeah. the best thing in the world. Yeah. And the amount of people who bring the pools back and say, "Oh, I'm really sorry, we didn't end up using it for a multitude of reasons," yeah. and I'm like, it doesn't matter to me if you use the pool or no. not. It's a tool for you to have if you use it before you have the baby just while you're pregnant marvelous if you use it just during early labor marvelous if you give birth in it fabulous yeah but it's just there it's just something that you can use it's not the be all and end all it's just a tool to hopefully yeah. help make things that little bit better yeah yeah so you were already working and and hiring out these pools and then you took the step into yeah and and tell us a little bit more about the last couple of years because obviously (laughs) launching into doulering during a pandemic that's quite a thing to do was not what I planned I did not think (laughs) when I decided to be a doula that is how my journey would go um I think it definitely created a different journey to the one that was I had in my head yeah but I think it's actually worked out to be a lovely way in slightly a gentle transition should we mm. say mm. um so yeah I pretty much I finished the course and I booked my first client I think three weeks after wow. I was very much uh, right I'm I'm doing this if I'm doing Here this I am. jumping straight in yeah. and it was it was wonderful it was lovely it was obviously right in the middle of the pandemic mm. over that summer period which complicated things but I don't think it took anything away from the support that I was able to provide her and even though the home birth actually planned ended up with a transfer into hospital and she ended up having a cesarean section it was still not being able to be at her birth was sad mm-hmm. for me and for her but we'd done all the work before yeah. so she was fine yeah yeah and it was it was still wonderful and we still I actually met up with her a few weeks ago and her her little 18 month old and it was it was adorable (laughs) it was just yeah it was just nice and taking on other clients and doing a lot of things over zoom a lot of things virtually providing support that way rather than the physical birth support because we couldn't be in hospitals yeah but it just just knowing that you've helped someone even in that small way just shifting their mindset slightly and making them see that what they were already thinking and feeling is a hundred percent right. And yeah, they should just go with it and not, not be pushed into other things, not be confused and scared and made to think that what they're thinking is wrong when it's not, it's, if that's what's right for you, then that's what's right for you. Yeah, absolutely. I think the pandemic has opened so many of our, eyes to different ways of doing things and realizing that they're not lesser they're just different absolutely Um, I mean the pool scheme was Mm. like it blew up it was always been busy 
But since you don't want birth pools to blow up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would that would be an experience. That, would be, that wouldn't be great. No. <laughs> but yeah, but they, um, yeah, the amount of people who never would have considered home birth said they would never have thought about home birth. Yes, but due to the pandemic, they were much more reluctant to be in a hospital environment with the risk mm-hmm. of infection and just not wanting to get COVID themselves. Yeah, lots more people then started looking into home births. Mm. And realise that actually it's not this scary, slightly hippie, crazy thing that people do. It is completely safe and normal and accessible and wonderful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, and so I suppose that leads us very nicely into thinking about, um, as you know, I love to dispel myths, and you've had some quite interesting experiences, I understand, at births over the last couple of years. So tell me a little bit more about what, what you're keen to... There's a couple of things, actually, that I think are going to come up with, with talking to you. So what comes up for you when it comes to dispelling myths? It is the fact that, obviously, happens occasionally it's happened to myself where you give birth and it all happens so quickly that the baby is born before arrival a bba Mm -hmm. born before the arrival of midwives or medical professionals yeah and that is a fear that a lot of people bring into home births it's one of the things a lot of people discuss mainly partners as to i don't want us to have a home birth because what if yeah this happens and also then having to discuss with people that I am a doula I am not a midwife and we are two completely separate entities we do two completely different jobs both marvelous jobs both very useful jobs but Mm. completely different and um it's come up recently quite a bit because of again it's still because of covid Mm -hmm. because of hospital restrictions birth partners the closure of a lot of home birth care providers. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are considering free birthing mm-hmm. um, and they get in touch with doulas because they think a doula will be a stepping yeah. stone towards that. And having exactly. to have those conversations with people saying, if you want to free birth, totally all right, but I am not a midwife yeah. and you need to, you need to own your own birth. If you're going to free birth, you have to own it yourself. You have to be prepared to take responsibility because I, as your doula, will not be taking any responsibility for that. If I feel comfortable attending a free birth, I will, Mm -hmm. but I am not a midwife and I'm not able to do any of the jobs a midwife does. So the the clarity here is that doulas do not have clinical responsibility, medical responsibility, um, so uh, to use that word that I ban from our doula courses, doulas do not deliver babies. So I always I, I love the conversations that we have on courses around free birth or unassisted birth in that people often ask me like, well, you know, should I support free birth or, or not? And I think it is entirely down to personal preference and comfort. So it's looking at how do I feel about being in that space and responsibility, I think can often weigh very heavily on people's shoulders. I know it has weighed very heavily for me in the past and somebody, one of my coaches encouraged me to look at 
the word responsibility quite differently actually recently and she was talking about um responsibility comes from respond so it's how do I choose to respond to a situation and it's like oh that's that's a, quite a different take on things so as a doula it is a personal choice whether or not you feel like you would be able to respond in that situation recognizing the very clear boundaries that we don't have that clinical clinical absolutely absolutely so um so yeah as you say and I've heard this a lot many many more people have chosen home birth have chosen to free birth during the pandemic some because their eyes have been opened and it's just it's absolutely a no-brainer but for a lot of people it it seems to come from a place of fear yeah which brings up a lot for me in terms of you know how do we help somebody prepare for the best possible birth if they're making decisions that are coming from a place of fear absolutely I mean when I have those discussions with people when they bring up free birth if I can you know it's like when you speak to people you get a feeling for for them and what they're really all about and some people they talk about free birth but you know listening to them that it's not really what they want which is why they're speaking to a doula because they want a doula there to take on that responsibility they want somebody else there so it's having this discussion with those people and making them understand like I say a doula is not a midwife Mm. and if they're then happy to continue with that free birth plan then marvelous yeah but what I generally find is I say most of it is from fear and when you talk about it and explain to them that you are not a midwife you can help them and support them and be there for them, but you can't take on any of those clinical duties. Mm. They do quite often shift out of that thinking, which then I feel bad. Like I've, I don't want people to feel like I'm talking them out of doing something that they want to do, but it's making them see, is it really what you want to do? Or is it something you're thinking of doing because you're scared yeah. And, and I think, you know, the doula skills come in how you approach the conversations. So, you know, it's it's always looking at the intention behind the questions that you're asking, isn't it? If, if you, the doula, are sitting there in fear, knowing that, you know, you don't completely agree with what somebody's doing or whatever, then that's for the doula to go away and process that and have some mentoring to think things yeah. through. But if you are, you know, if you're sitting there, in just clear and comfortable as a doula in your role clear boundaries but you are encouraging somebody to think about you know why why are you making these particular decisions where where has that come from what comes up for you what are your expectations what are your fears you know what do you want to learn more about then um, that's just that's really encouraging sort of reflective uh, reflective process isn't it yeah no absolutely mm. so coming back then to this 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 idea of bba that mm. so for for those who don't know that that term that basically means the baby is born before the arrival of the midwife or, or or a medical practitioner as you said so thinking about our role as a doula in that situation so often it happens I don't know for you but often it happens because you've been comfortably at home and things have been ticking along and then suddenly things like they speed up and you're like oh whoa whoa like it's usually the case it takes you by surprise like okay things are fine um so my very first the first birth I was physically able to be present at yeah. was a BBA 
Wow. Okay. As a doula. Baptism of fire. um, Yeah. I mean, obviously, I've given birth to five of my own children. My fourth was a BBA. um, But the first birth I ever witnessed that wasn't my own, I was not expecting it to be a BBA. No. Um, but it was it was marvelous, and it was that case of things were ticking along nicely and slowly. She, we decided that she was tired, so her and her, her husband laid down on the sofa, and I I dispelled into the kitchen and stayed out of their way, but listening in and keeping track of how often she was having surges and things were. I would not have said she was going to give birth very rapidly. Yeah. Um, and then things picked up a bit we'd already spoken to the hospital and we were aware that there was a risk there wouldn't be any midwives to come out Mm -hmm. and we called them again and there weren't any and we had to have the discussion and were very upset they were concerned about what they were going to do with their young with their older child Mm. um had all these discussions agreed that they were going to to transfer into the hospital I was going to stay at home with with their uh, firstborn Mm. the husband went to get the bags Mm -hmm. and it went from zero to 5,000. Oh my God. It's about two minutes. She just, it was the water's breaking. It's usually the case. Mm. Water's break and baby comes. Yeah. And that's pretty much what happened. Her water's broke. And I said, okay, we're not going anywhere. Um, you, you are not getting in a car because you will deliver this baby in that car. Mm. And we just called 999 and, uh, and I supported her and it was, should have been some people said oh, it wasn't that scary I'm like it wasn't it was I wasn't concerned in the slightest mm. at all throughout the entire process it was amazing and I'm very privileged that that was actually my first birth I witnessed because it was just the most magical baptism into a uh, birth work yeah. <laughs> that I could have asked for really yeah so the crucial thing there is that you called called you did call yeah paramedics so how quickly did they respond so they they arrived I think about 15 minutes after we called but the baby was born yeah (laughs) that baby was on its way the baby was born (laughs) we had the call handler on um who do a marvelous job but the training they're provided about birth is extremely outdated I yes I have and I I kind of had to hide my phone under a cushion to not listen to the annoying voice anymore because it was distracting yeah it was distracting my client she was they were telling her she had to get up and go lay on the bed on her back yeah. and she was in a very upright leaning over the sofa kind of position yeah. and she's like I can't I'm like, and I'm saying it's okay you don't have to yeah you, you don't have to you just don't worry about it ignore them just yeah you do what you're doing yeah and yeah and then I just caught the baby wow came out and handed him to the mum and then the, the paramedics arrived, I think, about three minutes after the baby had been born. And they were thrilled. Birth is amazing for paramedics. They love it. Yeah, I think often, though, with paramedics, because they are, you know, they're first responders. They are designed to react quickly. They are designed to come in. I think often the adrenaline or the, like, the excitement is often pumping, which means that, you know, if you're in a beautiful, as a BBA often can be like a really fit, truly physiological situation, it can be a very mismatched energy of, of people rushing in feeling like they need to rescue or fix a situation. So I think I, I hear stories of 
and I, I've I have um ha- I have experience of of paramedics in from the doodling that I've done as well, but it's often a case of meeting them at the door and just saying you're here as a precaution and bringing those kind of excitement and stress levels down a bit so that they come in and meet the situation and the energy that's in the room rather than the kind of changing the whole uh, whole state of this birth experience. I was very glad that the baby had arrived before they did. Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting, isn't it? The thing about call handling and and you and I were chatting a little bit before we came, came live about the training that is is given to people in in the in shoelaces paramedic world yeah exactly um and and i believe that things are slowly slowly changing but it's it's hard when paramedics are only given i don't know three hours training around how to deal with a birth you know they're not going to you know have all of the um, experience and knowledge and learning that that doulas and midwives and obstetricians have around physiology particularly um I, when i was in a situation got onto the the phone with them um, 999 and i had a call handler and and you know she was saying all of the things on the script that she had to say and then i was i was feeding that back to the client because i am not making any decisions on behalf of my clients but i am going to try and keep things as calm as possible and my client was very very clear that she was not moving you know she was on like your client she was you know kind of upright forwards um i think she was on hands and knees actually and, um, you know, I just kept sort of doulering in amidst, you know, relaying these messages and the voice on the other end of the phone got quieter and quieter and quieter. And eventually this this vo- this voice, this disembodied voice on the other end of the phone laughed and I went, oh, excuse me. And she said, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at you. My colleague sitting next to me has just asked why I'm so quiet. And she's just said, well, because there's someone there who knows far more what they're doing than <laughs> she said I just need to stay on the line to make sure that everything's okay and because I'm communicating with the with the ambulance team this is pre-pandemic and yeah. she she eventually said to me look you sound really calm and I need to let you know there might not be an ambulance so we're going to stay on the line and I am going to talk you through how to deliver the baby and I said I think you'll find that the mum is going to birth her baby here and I, I don't you know I'm just here to hold the space and make sure that a baby coming out has a has a very soft landing that's yeah um, the the thing I I found was my my clients and her husband were so like grateful to me they're just constantly going oh you're amazing oh I don't know what we would have done and I'm just like I literally did nothing yeah I just caught the baby's head so it didn't land on the rug says that you did yeah everything yeah it's not my job to be here and do it for you. My job is no. just to say to you, you are doing it and you are doing it brilliantly. Yeah. yeah. I feel privileged that I was there and I got to witness this woman just. Yeah. It was amazing. It was absolutely. absolutely. And so, you know, it, it's not about catching the baby or doing yeah. any of the things. It is about making sure that they are safe. Yeah. And- the main thing I think was keeping the space calm because obviously once you realize they weren't going anywhere yes it can that fear that is just built in you from society and the the stories people tell about birth you see it coming out of people and it's just yeah explain to me there's there's nothing to be frightened of birth is actually 
yeah. a very normal thing. It should be a very boring thing. The only exciting thing that should happen at birth is that a baby is born. Yeah. Yeah. There shouldn't be any of this drama that you see on all these TV shows to Absolutely. make it more exciting. Birth shouldn't be exciting apart from there's a new life. That is the only <laughs> thing that should happen that should make you go, oh my goodness, this is amazing. The rest I, love of it that. Is just... I think we're gonna we're gonna tagline that. Birth shouldn't be exciting. No, I totally agree. And actually, I think um a lot what a lot of people miss in any birth situation, but but particularly in um an unexpected birth like this is the third stage so you know the baby's born that's great but birth is not done like the physiology keeping that space calm keeping the people calm that's really crucial because in terms of the recovery and the birth of the placenta and bleeding and things like that you know we want to optimize the oxytocin rather than the adrenaline side of things um and you know, uh, get them. That did end think, up being quite a watching the pot boil. Yeah, the paramedics yeah. there, and and they were very much well. You know, we we should recommend we transfer into hospital now. And and she was like, well, I've had my baby. Yeah. So yeah, I don't really see why I need to go to hospital. I'd like to just stay here. And and it was just waiting for that center. And they said, well, if it doesn't come out soon, we're going to have to go. And it wasn't even a long. It wasn't hours. It was in like 15, 20 minutes. Which is short. Yeah. It wasn't long physiological placenta birth. Just everyone's in such a rush. Everyone's so like, oh, it's panic. When things must happen right this second. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it did. Having the parameters back, I think, really did slow that all down. But yeah. But I think when, um, you know, when birth has happened far, far quicker than expected, that delayed shock can come in during that third stage as well. The kind of, oh my God, I've just had my baby at home and there wasn't a midwife here and that wasn't what I planned and or I'd meant to be in the birth center or whatever. So, you know, really, really being mindful of, of, of keeping things warm and dimly lit and calm and supported and protected. No, I definitely, I find that my job it was just to keep everything calm yeah. and explain that this is fine and everything's fine and, there are people coming. Yes. If you are worrying, there are people coming who can provide yeah. more than I can provide. Yes. But you don't need to worry about that. You just need yeah. to focus on birthing your baby and yeah. the rest will be dealt with as it as it yeah. comes up. Yeah, yeah. And talk a little bit about doulering of the partner in that situation because often there's so much focus, isn't there, on the birthing person themselves. But as a doula and if you're in an unexpected situation so you know you've got a woman or person in front of you who is laboring like they are fully in the zone often the partners can have a little bit of a freak yeah, out he he I feel like I definitely doulered him more than I did her yeah because she didn't need she did not need me she was wonder woman yeah he was panicking and anxious and yeah. It was, I found giving him tasks helped. So he rang, he called 999. Yeah. He spoke to them at first, then he handed the phone to me so I could yeah. relay the instructions and and just constantly saying to him, it, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Your baby's on its way. Yeah. Your wife is doing an amazing job. Yeah. There's no need to panic. 
why don't you go to the front door if you're worried and you can look out, go see if you can see the ambulance. And he'd, he'd do that, he'd pop out and then he'd pop back in, see how things are going. And then he's like, I'm just going to go see if it's coming again because it just helped. Having something to focus on other than the fact that, oh my goodness, my baby is about to be born in my living room with just me and a doula here. Yeah. Was, yeah, it definitely, the women generally aren't bothered that there's nobody there because once you're in that transition phase and you're pushing out you could not care where you were yeah yeah that baby is coming it is definitely the partners who panic more Mm. and like oh yeah it's not what we have my (laughs) one of my clients wasn't a native English speaker and um just kind of didn't go to pieces at all but understandably you know the sort of the shock and the fear and the you know, the unexpectedness of the situation. I mean, he just wanted to hand the phone to me. And I, I agree, it's often much more about doing the partner than it is, yeah, the person who's having the baby. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting, interesting. The other thing uh, that I wanted to talk a little bit to you about, which comes up a lot in um, when I'm talking to people who want to be doulas, is you ended up having a baby yourself during the <laughs> pandemic. And have been really active as a birth doula. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. So it was, I said, I did my training with you, very yeah. start of the pandemic. And then unexpectedly discovered I was pregnant with our fifth. And I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit, oh, I've just, <laughs> just started doing something for myself. I've just yeah. gone, yeah, okay, we're out of this phase. Doing yeah. this for me. And then I was pregnant and I just, I decided, you know what? I can do both. It will be I will do both. And I did. And I had a few clients during my early pregnancy. And then I stopped for a few months because I don't do pregnancy well. You wouldn't know because I've got five, (laughs) but I do not (laughs) like being pregnant. Um, Took some time, doulaed myself and my family in preparation for my own birth. And then um, Primrose was born last February. Mm-hmm. And I think I had a client when she was four months old. Wow. I just, I'm very much, I'm, also, I'm in the birth world with the pool scheme, which I'd never show. I carried on doing that all through my pregnancy. I think I had someone collecting a pool like two days after Primrose was born. Wow. <laughs> Because I don't want to let people down. It's no. like, it's fine. I had people <laughs> around me to help. Having a big family, it, there was always someone who could support me. Yeah. And yeah, I just had, if a woman came to me and said they needed my help, and if yeah. I thought, you know what, I can manage that, yeah, then I will do it. And yeah, since she's been born, I've had three births that I've been at. So that's in 14 months after I've, just on three births and I'm not gonna lie it has been tough and I just declare tough yeah and I mean you're tired Mm. my baby does not sleep wow yeah and just being tired and breastfeeding and having a baby who won't take a bottle Mm. but knowing you've got to provide support to other people it is finding that balance between making sure I am supporting my clients Mm -hmm. to the best of my ability but I am also supporting my own baby and myself in my own postnatal period yeah 
that was the the balancing act that I had to so how on earth do you navigate the I mean the thing about doulaing is that we're on call (laughs) we have no idea and and it's usually just us on call um from you know for anything up to four or five weeks something like that we never know when the birth's going to happen and we never know how long it's going to be how do you navigate that with a newborn or a you know an a baby under one <laughs> with an amazing supportive husband and my older children are quite a bit old my oldest is 19 amazing so there's always someone around my husband works from home full time mm-hmm. thanks to the pandemic he yep. now works from home all the time which is great so when I've had a birth someone calls you at 3am and you're like right um the baby's asleep wake the husband and I need to leave now I'll see you when I see you <laughs> at some point <laughs> and I leave yeah and I know I know that some women would not be able to do that they would not be able to leave their babies mm. But I decided I needed it for myself. Mm. I needed to be who I was. Mm-hmm. I am a wife and I am a mother and I am a mother to a baby, mm-hmm. but I am more than that. And it was important to me to stick with that. And I did. And if it was a really long birth, if my husband was able, he would bring Primrose to the house and he'd call me when they were outside. And as long as we weren't literally in the midst of a baby being born, I just yeah. I just needed a 10 15 minute break and I would go outside and I would feed her and then they'd leave and go home and once she finally did start drinking not from a bottle because she refuses those but she would drink from a straw he would just feed her yeah milk from a straw and (laughs) to be honest the hardest bit is everything's fine I'm working I'm helping I'm supporting a baby is born oh yes my body goes there's a baby here and we haven't fed a baby for quite a long time yes so I am very I'm my doula bag always contains a large supply of breast pads <laughs> even yes. though I don't need them for myself anymore yeah I have to have them at birth yeah because or, yeah my body's like a baby a baby we need to yes. have a baby and and you know what I mean I I have heard people years years after they've had babies lactate at births like you know the the hormones are powerful aren't they yeah. I mean that's where you like breast milk collection shells or whatever they're yeah. called uh, can be really useful or um yes absolutely oh goodness me god I don't envy you that at all I can feel, can feel it is, that a, it is a very much a, oh just yeah <laughs> <laughs> but no it's I mean it's not easy I, I would definitely no. say if you want to doula and have young children it is not easy you need to make sure you have a good support network yeah yeah yourself because there have been there have been points where I've felt okay I'm feeling a little bit burnt out mm-hmm. now I'm, I get what I refer to as the overwhelm where everything I need to do just suddenly blows up yeah and I'm like okay I'm, I'm struggling at the moment I need to take some time and yeah. I may need to rein it in a little bit yeah but it's I've made it work and we're still making it work and she primrose seems totally fine she doesn't seem to be damaged by any of the fact that I've just disappeared in the middle of the night a few times while she's been a baby and yeah and it's I think it's it's helped for me it's been wonderful for my own personal recovery just being able to I think sometimes when you have a baby it's why I I think postnatal support as a doula is probably 
the most important, even more than birth support. Yeah. Because you can really lose yourself. Yes. When your baby's born, you fall into that fog of no sleep and constant feeding and you don't know who you are anymore. Yeah. And being able to cling to my my doula hat and saying, okay, I need to not be a mum right now. I need to go and be a doula. It really helped. Yeah. It's the identity piece, isn't it? And, um, you know, one of our mentors wrote a beautiful piece about matrescence, which is a word that has only really kind of, kind of come into my vocabulary in the last year or so. But that that thing of transitioning, you know, we transition from child to adult. We have adolescence. Matrescence, that, that transition into parenthood which we we may choose to do several times over and it's you know it's an adjustment every single time we have a child isn't it um but that that who do we get to be who am I on the other side um and and I love that you are speaking into the the need you know the recognition that you are more than wife more than mother we are a multitude of things aren't we and we're not just defined by that one we are allowed to be all those things at the we same are. time we are we are yeah that's beautiful beautiful and as you quite rightly say it's what's right for you it may not be right for other people so it definitely you know, may not be right for everybody say not everybody's oh. as crazy as me and has five children and continues to work as a two well i'm not going to make that judgment i would say it, at all. It, um it's always if you need a job done ask a busy person yeah yeah Absolutely. Yes, they will do it. (laughs) But I think you are a really, really beautiful example of someone who has felt into the passion and stepped in and made it work. And so many people believe that it's not possible and you're showing that it's possible. So thank you. Thank you for showing up and and speaking into that. I love that. No, I'm grateful for you letting me do your call. (laughs) Becoming a nurturing birth doula, it was definitely one of the best decisions. Oh, I love hearing that. Finally stepping into my power. (gasps) Well, you're talking my language there, totally. Um, thank you so so much for coming onto the podcast. Um, how can people find out more about you? How can they reach out to you? Um, so I have my website. I am known as the Yorkshire Oaks Doula. Mm-hmm. So Instagram, Facebook, website, yeah. all that thing. And if you live in the Leeds or Whitfield area and you need a birth pool, just look for the Leeds Whitfield Community Birth Pool High Scheme on Facebook and send me a message, and I will get that birth pool out to you. I love it. <laughs> that is brilliant. Thank you so so much for coming to join me. I Thank you um, for I me. wish you I wish you well on your doula journey and I look forward to hearing loads more of your stories soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Nurturing Birth Doula podcast. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you've got any questions or any feedback, don't hesitate to come back to us. It's info at nurturingbirth.co.uk. And do follow us on social media at nurturing underscore birth on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find us on Facebook as well. Please do give us a review if you've enjoyed this episode. We are on Spotify, we're on Apple, and we would love to hear your thoughts about any future episodes you'd like to hear. So do get in touch. Thanks for listening. Bye.